Praise the Lord, everybody. My name is Zachary Dagan. Welcome to Timely Words of Hope. I'm going to be discussing the law of the Spirit today and how to perform that which is good in the sight of God. Amen. We're going to go ahead and pray it, and we're going to jump right into it. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done in our lives. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for baptism in Jesus' name. And thank you for helping us to walk upon the straight and narrow path, Lord. But thank you for the grace, Lord God, that you've given us when we've strayed, Lord, and helping us get back upon that path and continuing to ascend that holy hill of the Lord without wrath and doubting. Help us to have open ears today to hear the word of God. Help us to have an open spirit today to receive it and help us to have eyes that are ever focused upon you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, as I mentioned, I'm going to be discussing the law of the Spirit and specifically how to perform that which is good. I I chose that because I, w- I was praying about it and I felt like God wanted me wanted me to discuss that. But then also, um, it's something that's super interesting to me. I absolutely love the book of Romans. Um, and so whenever they asked me to do this, I was like, far out, I'm going to pray about it. And whenever God put this in my spirit, I was like, this is awesome, because I, I love the book of Romans. So as I said, we're going to jump right into the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16 through 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God, from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So God has asked us to live by faith. We're not to be ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Whenever we're on, at work, whenever we're at school, whenever we're at the grocery store, not to be ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Not to question the gospel, not to question what God has told us. Amen. The promises that God has given us. But he said the just shall live by faith in spite of what we're seeing, in spite of what we're hearing, in spite of the concerns we have about various events that are occurring, we're to live by faith. Now, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 38 through 39, said the just shall live by faith. Amen. He continues on and says, But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe it to the saving of the soul. Amen. So Paul, or the writer of Hebrews right there, reiterates, Now the just shall live by faith. Amen. And this time gives us a look into what happens right there if we do draw back. Amen. Where Paul says that he wouldn't have any pleasure in him. Amen. But that we are to continue steadfast, steadfastly and consistently in faith. Where whenever I mess up, you know, at work, whenever I'm doubting at work, I have to lay those things aside. I have to let go of those things and realize that, yes, I'm not aware of how God is going to answer this, how God is going to resolve this. 
but I know of a surety that God will. How do I know that? It says in Hebrews 11, verse 1 through verse 3, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen. So how do I know this? Because it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Substance being something that is in and of itself. Amen. We'll discuss that more later. But that is something that is to be steadfast, something that is rooted in my relationship with God. Amen. It doesn't fluctuate based on how I'm feeling. It doesn't fluctuate based on how much money I have in my bank account. It doesn't fluctuate, amen, based based on what's happening at home or at work. It is consistent, and it's be consistent because it's based on our relationship with God. Amen. And it's that thing that we are able to have our hope through is faith. Amen. For the evidence of things seen. Amen. So we're going to jump back into Romans to discuss the law of the Spirit, to discuss specifically a change of masters, an introduction to the law of sin, our edemic nature, and the struggle Paul has finding the fortitude within himself to do that which is good without the assistance of an outside intervening force or the law of the Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Amen? So we're going to look at Romans 7 and we're going to look at pieces of Romans 8. Amen? And a passage by passage um, we're going to look at it passage by passage. Amen. Um, if you'll allow me that. So in Romans 7, 1 through 4, it says, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, so is loosed, she is loosed, rather, from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is freed from the law, so that she is no adulteress, through, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren... Ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Amen. So the first part of this passage is introducing the concept of being bound to another by the law, such as the law which requires a previously married person to remain single until their former spouse dies or commits adultery. Amen. Likewise, Paul equates said law 
to the shift away from the law, which was a schoolmaster for us and is still applicable in some instances. However, now we have become one with the body of Christ, for we have consumed the body and the blood of Christ after we first believed As it discusses in John 7 and 38, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Therefore, we are now commanded to follow the teachings of Christ and the doctrines of the apostles based on the teachings of Christ. They are. Amen. Which Paul summarized by saying, Ye should be married to another. To him who is raised from the dead, that ye should bring forth fruit unto God. In another passage, Paul, or the writer of Hebrews, said in Hebrews 11 and 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. So we started in the law, but the law, amen, was fulfilled through Jesus' coming. Amen. And so Paul is saying that we are to transition away from exclusively following the law. Amen. Although it was a schoolmaster to us and it pointed towards Christ's coming. Amen. Christ has came. And now we are to look towards that. In Romans 7, 5 through 6, it says, For when we were in the flesh... The motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit, and not in oldness of the letter. Super awesome. Paul explains the the statement, we should bring forth fruit unto God. When we lived in sin, we did the things which our endemic nature desired, whether that was the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. We followed after the desires of our flesh. Amen. Now we are called to follow after those things which are of the Spirit. We should continuously mature in the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 and 22 discusses that. But the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. And seek after those things which are for the edifying of the body, which is various types of ministry and the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. So we see right there that we are to continuously seek to mature in the fruits and the fruit of the Spirit, to continuously mature in the gifts of the Spirit. How do we do that? You know, how, how, do, I, how do I go from where I'm at as concerning the gifts of the Spirit and go beyond that? I pray. I ask God. Use me more in this, or use me more in that, you know? And it's not for my edification. It's not that people would see that I am being used, amen, in diverse tongues and interpretation. It's not that I'm, that people are seeing that I'm being used to speak words of wisdom or knowledge, 
But it's that in seeing those things that people would be brought further in their relationship with Christ to the point of worshiping and magnifying Christ and coming to salvation. Amen? So in Romans 7, 7 through 14, it says, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin is dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And the commandment, which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and just, and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good. That sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So what in the world is Paul talking about right there? Paul begins to get into the shortcomings of the law. Amen. A stepping stone unto what God had for us, which was the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, walking among his people, his creation, that they could behold him, full of grace. Amen. Full of grace and truth. Amen. So God wanted to walk among his people. He wanted to have that relationship that he had with them again. And so this was a stepping stone for that moment. And so he was saying there was a shortcoming of the law. For with the law, although the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good, as he said, and also said, we know that the law is spiritual. He continued on to say, Paul continued on to say, that the goodness of the law and the commandments, regardless of all that stuff, he couldn't overcome his own carnality. Every year, it's happening right now, on Monday, just on Monday. It just happened where, where if you're able to, as a Orthodox Jew, go over to Israel, go over to Jerusalem, and pray, ask God for forgiveness, and re- and to repent. Amen. And where your sin is pushed back a year. So, he's saying that he couldn't overcome that in and of himself. Yes, the law taught him that. But he wasn't able to overcome it, even whenever he followed the law. And in Romans seven fifteen through 16, it says, For that which I do... I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent 
unto the law that is good. So Paul continues to discuss the struggle of overcoming his carnality, the dichotomy between his Adamic nature, what he got from Adam, you know, his sinful nature, and the law of the Spirit, are the Holy Ghost living inside of him. Amen. I believe in another place it was Paul where he discusses having two thrones that we could bow before, a throne of righteousness or a throne of iniquity. Amen. But regardless of Paul consenting to the goodness of the law without the interaction of another, without the word living inside of him, without the Holy Ghost, he is incapable of completely overcoming his endemic nature. Without Christ living inside of us, I am not able to overcome the things that I deal with. You know, we all have flesh. Without Christ, without the Holy Ghost there to lead and to guide us, without the Holy Ghost there to to help us stay upon that straight and narrow path, we fall back into those things. Amen? Even then... There are times whenever we struggle, whenever we lose our way, and God has to help us. We have an advocate in the Father, yes, amen, and we are able to get back upon that path, and Jesus will forgive us, and we can show him those works that are meet for repentance. But Paul is saying right there that without that, he is not able to overcome those things that he discussed, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Amen. And continues on in Romans 7, verses 17 through 25, where it says, Now, then it is no more that I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Paul is saying, man, I know what to do. I know what steps I need to take to be a millionaire, you know, by the age of 35 or 40. But I can't figure out how to get started, you know. to I, I, I know what to do. I'm just struggling to remain consistent in those things. And so he's saying, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity." To the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God, through Christ Jesus our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Again, a ton of stuff to unpack. Some of the reason I love Romans is because how dense it is. Amen. So Paul ends his introduction 
to the concept right here, an explanation of the problem he has discovered over time as ministry, and begins discussing our the dichotomy between the edemic nature and the spirit living inside of him. Paul does this by saying, it's not me, but sin inside of me, or he's saying it's our edemic nature, amen, and immediately follows up by saying, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For without the spirit of God inside of us, we have the restrictions of the law, the bondage which the apostles discussed, bringing the Gentiles un- under subjection to in Acts. Likewise, Paul begins his conclusion of the matter with, I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, regardless of our inward man's love for the things of God, without righteousness, without holiness, Without a constant relationship with God, we will wither up and die. We will become as some of those which followed along with Paul. Doing the word of God, those people departed the work, rather, of God. Those people departed for a love of this present world. Amen. So going back to the beginning, in Hebrews, Paul is talking and says, Amen. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. So Paul is saying that he doesn't want to be like that, and we have to have these things so that doesn't happen to us. Amen. We, we can't be up one day and down tomorrow. We have to consistently be asking God, renew me in the Holy Ghost. Help me to have ears to hear the word of the Lord. Help me to have eyes that are focused upon the face of God. Help me, Lord Jesus, not to look to the left or to the right, but help me, God, to be consistent in my walk, Help me, Lord, to have a love for holiness, a love for righteousness. God, and help me not to lack in my consistency with prayer, with fasting, with all those things which God has asked us to do. Amen. So Paul begins transitioning to what is now known as Romans 8 by thanking God who has and will be our constant deliverance from the death which comes to our flesh. Romans 8, the law of the Spirit through Christ Jesus. So Romans 8, 1 through 8, There is therefore no now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death, for now the law could not do, and that it was for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us 
who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen. Super awesome. I love that. So he's talking about that right there where he's saying that, yes, the law was good, but it was us, you know, like I can read it and it's like, my goodness, I'm going to have a righteous, holy, godly life, you know, and but we needed that help. And so he's saying that he came and did that and that he's going to build on that where it says the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Amen. So continuing on, Jesus is that answer. Amen. Which Paul was seeking in Romans 7. To those who have fallen, to those who have failed, to those of us who are struggling, Jesus died for us. Jesus came that we might have life and life everlasting. He came that we would be able to cry Abba, that we would be able to say Father, and we would have someone who would hear our cry. Amen. He said, how much more, amen, how much more just and righteous and holy am I? Uh, And he said to the fathers in the crowd that, when your child asks for something, do you give them a scorpion? Or when they ask for food, you give them a stone? No. And he said, how much more you know, should I do for my children? God, who is just, who is holy, who cannot lie. Amen. He has come for us, and we are able to walk with him. Those who have sinned, those who have fallen, those who have dealt with anything. It doesn't matter what we've done. We are able to walk with Christ. Amen. And it doesn't matter, amen, if we stumble. It says the righteous man falls seven times. The righteous man falls. Amen. If you're like feeling bad about that, it says he falls and he gets back up again. Amen. We fall. We ask God for forgiveness. We ask God to show us the weakness inside of us that caused us to trip and to stumble. Amen. God will show that to us, and he will help us to overcome it. Amen. There is no condemnation to those who walk with God, nor to those who are in Christ Jesus, for we walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen. Through Christ coming down to die for us, he became that perfect sacrifice for our sins. We are no longer that slave to sin, but God, manifested in the flesh, has become the propitiation for our sins. And you're like, man, what are you basing that off of? One verse that you can look to, uh, along with a plethora of others, is First John 2 and 2. Through our faith in Christ and our constant relationship with him, the righteousness of God lives constantly in us by the Spirit of God inside of us. Amen. We no longer have to bow before the throne of iniquity. 
unbeknownst to ourselves. For God is our righteousness. When our righteousness is as filthy rags, God, even Christ Jesus, has become our mediation and our advocate. That's what I was just getting to, right there where, yeah, you know, we try to live a righteous and holy lifestyle. But it says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. God is perfect. God has never sinned. Amen. Christ came sinless. He died for us. He took on the sins of the world. That I could go to heaven if I live a holy and devout life unto the Lord. And I'm obedient to his command. Amen. I am a servant of Christ. We are servants of Christ where we are able to walk with him and we are able to hear his voice. We are able to commune with our Savior. Amen. And we might stumble, but what happens? God is our mediator. God, Jesus is our mediator and our advocate. We are able, able to overcome those things because of the love of Christ. Amen. Almost done here. Romans 8, 8 through 11. So, then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is not, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Amen. Amen. So we walk after the spirit. We don't have to be concerned about that anymore. God says that he has made us new creatures. Amen. Where no longer do I have this heart of stone. Amen. But I have a heart that is able to be needed and transformed by God. I have been transformed by God. And we walk in the Spirit. Amen. It says that the Spirit of Christ lives in us. Amen. The Holy Ghost is inside of us. And God is going to, when He calls us, He's going to raise us up to meet him in the air. Amen. We walk after the things of God and not after the things of the flesh. Amen. Why? Well, because we are term- determined to be consistent in our relationships with God and because the Holy Ghost is inside of us. We should, as Paul says in Romans 8 and 13, mortify the deeds of the body as our means of walking with God. It's not It is not a Christ-like thing to do to enjoy the things of the flesh or to partake, rather, to partake of the sinful things of the world. It's not a Christ-like thing to do something or to say something even which would cause harm or offense to come to our brothers and sisters in Christ. But to go as far as Paul said, where he says, Eat not meat, if they are offended by. Amen. In Hebrews 11, 1 through 2, to go back, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For 
by it, the elders obtained a good report. A substance is something that exists in and of itself without the assistance of something else. Likewise, a substance will remain a substance amidst change. It doesn't matter what's happening in our lives. Amen. We have the Spirit of God. We have the Word of God. And it will help us to be consistent amidst change. Amen. For instance, a person is a substance because it's independent and will remain the same amidst change to environment or consumption. Amen. So I'm a substance. It doesn't matter if I'm at church. It doesn't matter if I'm at work. It doesn't matter if I'm alive. Amen. Or are dead. It doesn't matter if I'm in a car. Amen. It doesn't matter if I'm walking through the mall. Uh, I'm still a person. Amen. So, therefore, continuing on, rather, that was just an extra example of a substance. Therefore, faith is a substance which remains steadfast regardless of the outcome. Faith will always remain regardless of it. We are holding on to onto it. Still, faith is always faith. Amen. And whenever we're struggling with that, we need to ask God, help us to, to get a hold of faith. Amen. And you're like, how do I get a hold of faith? Well, you could pray. You could read your Bible. Amen. It, it says that in the Bible. Amen. That we are able to grow in that because of reading it. Amen. A substance is what supports another object's shifting or change. Thus, when Paul said faith is the substance of things hoped for, he was saying hope is dependent upon faith to remain or to come of proper fruition. So continuing on, the last verse, Romans 8 and 24, for we are saved by hope. Amen. Hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. We are waiting, hopefully, we are waiting with anticipation for the return of the Lord. In the midst of this time, we are to expect, amen, as Paul said, there to continue a warring between the two laws and our members, our endemic nature and the Spirit of Christ. Amen. One would have me doing one thing which I know to be evil, and another one which I meditate on and I think on, and I consume and I enjoy. Amen. One that flows from Christ, one that was before the foundations of the world. That one, it says, I do not. Amen. And so we need to pray. God, help me to die today. Help me to take up my cross. Help me to let go of my flesh and mortify the deeds of the flesh. And help me, God, to live a holy, righteous, devout lifestyle that I may hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Yes, I want to see heaven. Yes, I want to see those streets of gold. Yes, Amen. I want to see the foundation and the and those pearly gates. But I want to be with Jesus for eternity. I want to worship with my brothers and sisters, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. 
Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. And be sure to go on next month. Amen. God bless everybody. Stay safe. Continue to read the word. And continue to walk steadfastly with Jesus. Amen.